Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Galatians chapter 3 today, and we're going to be looking at the blessing of Abraham that has come to us through faith in Christ. We're going to be talking about the work of the Spirit. We're going to be talking about the new birth and how that we're no longer under the law, but we're under grace through faith in Christ Jesus. So before we begin, let's pray. Bless you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. You're our helper. Help us Help us now today, Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, both in the speaking and in the hearing of the Word of God. Lord, that the Word will go down deep on the inside of us. And Father, reveal to us your will today, and we'll give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, we're looking at chapter 3, like we said, and we're looking at Paul's defense of justification by faith and not by keeping the law. And the Galatian church, they had started out their race real well, but uh, somewhere along the line, Judaizers came in and began to preach to them that they had they, that they could not be saved unless they began keeping the law. And Paul is his in this chapter is his defense of justification by faith. So we'll begin in verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? Notice that Paul uses the word foolish, which actually means stupid. They knew better, but they were being bewitched. In other words, they were being charmed by these sweet talkers that came into the church and began teaching to them another gospel that was not the gospel that Paul preached to them. And notice that Paul said this, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Paul had preached to the Galatians. And such clear and pristine language, it is as if when he presented Christ to them, it was almost like the Galatians were there at Calvary watching Christ being crucified. There was such an anointing on Paul uh, to preach the gospel to them that it was evident, evidently set forth. Christ has been evidently set forth. Praise God. That has to come through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. And in verse two, it says, this only what I learn of you received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Now, when Paul said received ye the spirit, he's talking about the new birth, the Holy Spirit coming into them, making them a brand new person inside. They did not receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by the law of Moses. They couldn't do it. Amen. Because the law was not equipped for that. The law was equipped to show man that he cannot keep the word of God perfectly, that he needs help and that the word or the hearing of faith is what enables us to reach up and to claim that which God has provided for us. Romans chapter 10, uh, Romans chapter 10. But what says the righteousness, which is of by faith, 
The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach, that if you shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. This does not mean that the law is of no longer any use. No, the law now has been written into our hearts through this wonderful operation of God called the new birth. And so verse three, Paul writes, are you so foolish? Have been have you been made so stupid, having begun in the spirit that now you're made perfect by the flesh? The flesh is the keeper of the law, not the spirit in the spirit. It's a, it's a popular term that means in the kingdom of God, the spirit in the kingdom of God to be in the spirit is to be in the Holy Spirit. And that means to be baptized into Christ. Amen. Praise God. They were following the plan of God and they were born again. And they're not made perfect by the flesh, can never be made perfect by the flesh because the 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 uh, the flesh as keepers of the law of God prove that they can never be perfect. Verse four says, have you suffered so many things in vain? If it be yet in vain for what they had suffered, they'd suffered a lot since receiving Christ. I mean, when we stick our head up out of the foxhole, we're going to get shot at by the devil. No. Christ has redeemed us and Satan always comes with persecutions and afflictions to rob us of the word of God. But now see here now it's false teaching that has caused the Galatian church to turn so quickly. And Paul says this in verse five, he therefore that ministers to you the spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Once again, the hearing of faith. The ministering of the spirit was not by the law. The ministering of the spirit was through the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't the law that they worked miracles. It was through the Holy Spirit. And this is the way the gospel was presented in the first century with signs and wonders and miracles. God confirming the word with signs following. These did not come to them by the works of the law. They came to them through the Holy Spirit, through the hearing of faith. And now verse six, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Notice that. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now let's go back a little ways. Even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Notice those terms accounted to him for righteousness through faith. Abraham entered into a right standing or a right relationship with God the Father. This was before the law was ever laid down by Moses. So Abraham's faith in what God promised was considered a righteous act because he believed God before Isaac was born, not after. And faith always comes before the action. You've got to have action to come along with faith, but faith has to be present before you can act. And Abraham, before the covenant was ever made, 
Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And it's the same with us. Before we come to Christ, we've got to have faith in the work of Christ and what he did on the cross. Verse seven, know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Now that is one loaded verse. Let's read it again. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, speaking of you and me right now, the same are the children of Abraham. How can that possibly be? It comes to us through faith. Now the word Know ye is the word gnosko, and it means to know, it means to perceive, it means to understand. Remember when you first heard the gospel and your life began to change, how God through the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit, opened up your eyes, the understanding of your heart to know and to perceive that what you were hearing was the truth. It was the truth of the gospel. Amen. Praise God. And God opened up your heart. You invited Christ to come in. You repented. You you came to him and you surrendered your life. You asked him to come into your heart and life. And God did. And you were born again. Amen. Well, the same action that happened to us is the same action as similitude of what happened in Abraham's life. Abraham had nothing. He had no knowledge of God at all other than the visitation. And when God came to him and promised to him uh, all the blessings, you know, the promise of a son, the promise of, uh, of a, a land that God would show him, he accepted that by faith. He didn't wait for God to prove it first. He went ahead and believed God. Amen. And then God then was able to work in Abraham's life through faith in Christ. God then becomes and enables him to begin to work in our life. So anyone who follows Abraham's faith, faith will be blessed like, just like he was. And it doesn't matter whether it's Jew or Gentile. We're Gentiles today. Well, we've come into faith of Jesus Christ, and it's not through the law, but it's through faith. Amen. And verse 8 says, And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen, speaking of us. We were the heathen ones. We were the Gentiles. Praise God. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, And these shall all nations be blessed. And when the Lord God said all nations, he's talking about you and he's talking about me. All nations mean the Gentile nations. Praise God. So now we see how faith in God, faith in the word of God is so very, very, very important. Amen. So then they, this is verse nine. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Praise God. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continues not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. The reason man was under the curse was because God requires perfection. Jesus said that. He says, be ye therefore perfect, even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. So God demands perfection. Well, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No man is perfect. Abraham was not perfect. 
No man is made perfect under the law. And after 2,000 years of the law of Moses, man had to come to the conclusion that there's no way that I can keep the law perfectly and then to be declared righteous. Because the law condemns man for his imperfection. The law condemns man for his sin. And for sin, the law requires punishment for sin. This is why cursed is everyone that continues not in all things. Notice that in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Old Testament righteousness, it was conditioned upon perfect obedience to all the law. Man could not do that. That's why God instituted sacrifice to cover man's sins. And that sacrifice, that sacrificial system was a daily practice. But now verse 11 says this, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. There had to be somebody, there had to be someone to come alongside of us uh, to help us through this barrier and to break this barrier into life in Christ Jesus. So once again, let's read verse 11. <clears throat> but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. It's faith <clears throat> in the work of Christ. That's the requirement for righteousness. Verse 12 says, and the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. And, that, and the law proved that man could not do that. Man cannot be justified by God based upon his own good works. Paul said that. He said, if by grace, then it's no longer works. We're saved by grace. We're not saved by works. If we are saved by works, then there's no such thing as grace. There's only law. But now verse 13 tells us, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Hallelujah. Amen. So now that we're redeemed from the curse of the law, verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. And in reading through the scriptures in Genesis, we find out that the blessing of Abraham, number one, was spiritual. It was also physical and it was also material. Spiritual in the fact that God, through faith, through the faith of Abraham, accepted the promise that God had made. And it was physical because of the, the birth of Isaac and material because God blessed him. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, verses 2 and 3 says, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And Isaiah said this, Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bear you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. So that's the case for justification. Amen. Now, verse 15 says this. Brethren, 
I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet, if it be confirmed, no man disannuls or adds thereto. Even when it comes to a man's covenant, once that covenant is agreed upon, no man can disannul it and no man can add to it. If there's going to be changes, then they have to draw out a new covenant. And this is really where we're getting at today. Amen. We have been made and come into agreement with God through a new covenant signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. So Paul begins here to use an example that better explains this position of faith. Once covenants between men are made, that covenant is is signed and it's in, act, it's in operation. It cannot be disannulled and it cannot be added to. God made covenant with the children of Israel through the law of Moses. He sanctified the, the, the law. He sprinkled it with blood. But now Jesus comes along. Amen. And a new covenant through faith in him. Jesus fulfilled the law, the old law, the law of Moses. And now there's a new law. That new law is life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And verse 16 says, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he said not unto seeds as of many, but as of one into thy seed, which is Christ. God fulfilled the old covenant in the seed of Isaac to the children of Israel. But there's also the seed, the spiritual seed of Christ. God gave promises to Abraham and his child. And it doesn't say the promises were to his children. It doesn't say his promises were to the children of Israel, per se, or to all the Jews. What God was speaking of was to that seed, his child, which was Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And God gave to Abraham that faith promise. And that faith promise was to the spiritual seed of Abraham that would be Christ and the church. Praise God. Now, let's read verse 16 again. And now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. And he said not into seeds as of many, talking about the entire Jewish race, but as of one into thy seed, which is Christ. Christ, this is who we are grafted into. We're grafted into Christ. We're not grafted into the law of Moses. We're grafted into the life of Christ. And Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 that it's the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That is the law that we're being governed by now. Verse 17 says, in this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 30 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. What Paul is saying here is that this seed of Abraham was promised before the law ever came. The operation in Abraham was the operation of faith, not the operation of the law. Verse 18 says, for if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. God gave to Abraham the promise of the child would come way before, much, much more before the law was ever given. So if obeying the law of Moses could save us, then it's obvious 
that this would be a whole different economy than what we're operating under now. Now we're operating under the covenant of grace. We simply accept God's plan through faith in Christ, and then, then we are born again. And then Paul says in verse 19, wherefore then serves the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom who is the seed? Christ until Christ should come to whom the promise was made and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So the law was given why to show us that we could not keep the law of God perfectly. Remember, God demands perfection. And there's only one perfect human being, and that was Christ. And through faith, we're grafted into him. Our life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. The, he now has become our perfection. And he is the one now that is the one who grants us life. And the life of God in Christ Jesus is working on the inside of us right now. And because we have received Christ by faith. We have also received the promise of Abraham by faith. Hallelujah. The law as a means of attaining right standing with God uh, could not come. It could not be because no man could keep the law perfectly. Hallelujah. Christ fulfilled the law. Amen. In coming. And now we're looking at Christ as our Savior and as Lord. And the law now has been written on the inside of us. Verse 20 says, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. The original promise is the direct blessing of God and it's received by faith. The law of Moses was given by God through the mediatory work of angels. However, when God spoke to Abraham, he spoke directly to him personally. This was Abraham looking at God. Amen. God speaking to Abraham directly. Not through, the media, not through the mediation of angels, but through God himself. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the work of God through the gospel of God and the Holy Spirit working through the gospel has brought us to this place called the new birth. Amen. Now, verse 21 says this. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. It could not be. It could not be. The law was not equipped to make you and I the righteousness of God. I'm going to read something to you from Albert Barnes in his Barnes notes of the book of Galatians. The law of Moses was as well adapted to this as a law could be. No better law could have been originated for this purpose. And if people were to attempt to justify themselves before God by their own works, the law of Moses would be as favorable for such an undertaking as any law which could be revealed. It is as reasonable and equal and pure. It demands its demands are as just and its terms as favorable as could be any of the terms of mere law. If people could not be justified by a law so pure and equal and just, so reasonable in all of its requirements and so perfect, how could they expect to be justified by conformity to any inferior or less perfect rule of life? 
The fact, therefore, that no one can be justified by the pure law revealed on Mount Sinai forever settles the question about the possibility of being justified by law. Paul said it this way, the law is perfect, just and good. Man could not keep the law so that man could not find perfection in the law. He needed something else. He needed someone else. And that someone else was the Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 22 says, but the scripture hath concluded all under sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. The end of the law was what? We are all found under sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what is man to do? Well, man cries out for mercy. And Jesus Christ is that mercy. The end purpose of the law was to condemn man under the crime of sin. But God's promise of righteousness through Christ was given to man. Trust him. He's the perfect one. Put your faith in Christ. And that's what the gospel revealed to us, that there is hope. There is hope of being justified, but it's through faith. It's not through keeping of the law. Verse 23 says, but before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes unto me unless the father first draws him. Praise God. Amen. And then Paul said this in writing concerning the Jewish nation. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. See, they're still laboring under the law. They're still trying to be perfected under the law. And they prove themselves to be sinners all the time. We see that in the life of Jesus. Look what the Sanhedrin did to Jesus. They murdered him. I mean, they actually broke the law in order to put Jesus and to have him crucified. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own righteousness, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Amen. And so verse 26, Paul says this, for ye are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me say that again. For we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We've been adopted into the Godhead. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. We have all the rights and the privileges now of the firstborn. Amen. All of us who have surrendered to Christ as Savior are the children of God. And so God presented grace in Christ. He presented faith through Christ. And what did that equal? That equaled the new birth. And then in verse 27, Paul says this, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. And verse 29 if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 
All that God promised to Abraham has now become ours through Christ Jesus. Paul emphatically says that the seed of Abraham is Christ and those who are in Christ, every born again believer. And as Abraham's seed, we are promised through Christ all the blessings of Abraham. Praise God. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for this wonderful gift of salvation through Christ. And thank you, Father, for the blessing of Abraham that has come upon us through the new covenant that we have in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.